Point out the colors in you. I see them too, and boy, I like them. I like them. I like them. We way too fly to partake in all this hate. We out here vibing. We vibing. We vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to the Journey Home Outreach Ministries Bible Study. Message of the Bible, Lesson 4. I am Elder Faye, your teacher for this series. In last week's lesson, through the study of John 1, 14, we confirmed that the Word of God did become flesh. John 1, 14, first chapter 14, verse says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We also confirmed how the word became flesh through our study of the virgin birth. In Luke 1, first chapter, 30th to the 35th verse, the angel Gabriel visited Mary and said, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. In this week's lesson, we're going to walk along with Jesus as he teaches his disciples the way back to the relationship with God. We also, are we also, become, are we also to become disciples through these teachings? Well, first, let's find out just what a disciple is and what he does. In the New Testament, it speaks of 12 explicit followers of Jesus. They were chosen exclusively by Jesus during his walk on the earth. Sometimes these specific men were called 12 disciples, and sometimes they are called 12 apostles. However, a disciple is someone who believes in and follows the teachings of a leader. Anyone who follows the teaching of Jesus is his disciple. The word disciple means a student. The word apostle means one who is sent out. The twelve disciples were Jesus' students first. After they were sent out to preach the gospel to the world, they became both disciples and apostles because they had been with Jesus long enough to believe in his teaching to the point that they were willing and ready to tell others about him. Yet there was much more to learn as they went forward. Therefore, they were still students, disciples, and apostles sent out to preach what they had learned and become and become to believe in. We will walk we will walk with the apostles, with the apostles in a later lesson after the death and resurrection of Jesus. But for now, let's go back to the question. Through these teachings, are we also to become his disciples? Well, that's up to us. Christ never tried to force anyone to come, become his followers. He simply said in John the 7th chapter and the 16th verse, My teaching is not my own. It, it came from him who sent me. If anyone chooses to do the will of God, he will find out whether my teachings come from God or whether I speak on my own. He who speaks on his own does so to gain honor for himself, 
but he who works for the honor of one who sent him is the man of truth. There is nothing false in him. I encourage you in last week's lesson to anchor yourself in the belief in Christ like we did in the first two lessons, to anchor yourself in the belief that there is a God. I also told you in last week's lesson that some of Jesus' teachings were going to be not only hard to hear, but also hard to believe and follow without his help. Now it's time to make that decision. In Second Corinthians, the sixth chapter, the one through the second verse, Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The same is true today. Right now is the acceptable time. Today, humanity's moral compass, our direction is spinning wildly out of control. This is the appropriate time to trust in God and seek his will with all your heart. Paul is telling us that now is the time to act, to trust God, to live by faith as we listen to the teachings of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mountain in Matthew, the fifth chapter, the 17th verse, Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For he often did reinterpret these laws, sometimes in a very radical way. As a result, some of his, some of his teachings got very controversial. According to Luke, the fourth chapter, the 28th through the 30th verse, look what happened when he tried to teach some people in his own hometown of Nazareth. They became so angry with him that they tried to throw him off a cliff. Let's listen. And he came to Nazareth, to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And there was delivered to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue was fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bore witness, him witness, and wondered at the glorious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? I want you to read from verse 22 to 27 on your own, from Luke 4, verse 22 to 27, because there were a lot of things said that you need to be aware of. Because I'm going to skip to 28 just to, to, to prove my point. And they in the synagogue which heard these things were filled with wrath and rose up and thirsted him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill whereupon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. So we need to pray to God to help us see with our spiritual eyes, hear with our spiritual ears, and perceive in our hearts by the Holy Spirit the message from Jesus 
and not the story about Jesus. Even today, most of his teachings still seem radical to many people and hard to accept. Here are some of the best known examples. What he had to say about violence in Matthew, 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 the fifth chapter, the 38th to the 39th verse, Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him, the other also. Do we look at this to be unrealistic? Maybe we will leave an eye for an eye, two for a two for something necessary for us to defend ourselves. But listen, look to what, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew, the fifth chapter, the 44th verse. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I'm going to go to the Old Testament, the Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter, the 1st through the 29th verse. It says, the battle is not yours, but God's. Not only your physical and emotional battles, but your spiritual battles also. If you are walking with Christ, he is going to give you wisdom not to let yourself be in a position to ever physically have to turn the other cheek if someone physically strikes you. In these days and time, as crazy as the world seems, it's like it's not likely that the crazies out there would actually walk up to you and start striking you on the cheek. For something like that to happen to you, they would have to be provoked in some way by you. And as a disciple of Christ, that would not happen, right? This is what he said about wealth. In Mark, the 10th chapter, the 21st, the 25th verse, Jesus said, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. In Matthew, the 10th chapter, the 17th through the 22nd verse, indicate that the only way a rich man can go to heaven is, in Jesus' words, to sell everything he has and give to the poor. Something we try to avoid this conclusion by pointing to Mark, the 10th chapter, the 27th verse, which says, all things are possible with God. Thus God can make it possible for a rich man to go to heaven. Certainly, this is true. But the context of the statement indicates that God would accomplish this by inspiring the rich man to reform his life and willing to give his money to the poor in order to follow him. Jesus also warned, warned that accumulation of wealth on several other occasions. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, the 19th verse, he says, Do not store for yourself treasures on earth. And a few verses later in Matthew, the 6th chapter, the 24th verse, he said, You cannot serve both God and money. In Luke, the 6th chapter, the 19th, the 24th verse, he said, Woe to you who are rich. Lay not up yourselves treasures upon earth, for moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. 
But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. And in the 21st verse he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Then he taught us how to break through this obsession of building wealth. Listen, Matthew 6, chapter 34 verse. I'm going to read it to you first in the King James Version. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the thing of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I'm going to also read from the New International Version. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of his own. And I say amen to that. Jesus continued to encourage us, encourage us that this is the right way to go. Listen, in Matthew, the 6th chapter, the 33rd verse. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In Matthew, the seventh chapter, he said, in the seventh verse, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that acts receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and he that knocketh it shall be opened. And then he gave us an example involving the physical, just to build our faith. Listen. Of what man is there of you, whom if his son acts bread, will he give you him a stone? Or if he acts a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? According to the book of Acts, his original followers tried to live these teachings after he left them. They formed a community in Jerusalem known as the Nazarenes, in which everyone had everything in common. But in Acts 2.24, and any new member had to sell his or her possession and give the proceeds to a common fund. But many modern Christians disagree with these ideas. They see nothing wrong with acquiring money and wealth. And people who do become wealthy often is so admired by others, even so-called followers of Christ. Look at his teaching on marital relationships in Matthew, the fifth chapter, the 28th through the 31st. Jesus said, but I tell you, that anyone who looked at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye calls you to sin, forge it out, throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand calls you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body and for your whole body to go into hell. These teachings quoted above, quoted above are examples of what are sometimes called the difficult teachings of Jesus because most people find them very hard to follow and very hard to understand. But the message here is 
to see that Jesus was a person of great compassion. He had very strong feelings for the poor, the downtrodden, the outcast, the persecuted, and he was keenly aware of the oppression and injustice that kept them in their place, thus limiting their productivity in life. This is why he commanded. This is why he condemned greedy people who live in luxury while so many others suffer in poverty. Jesus also had a very strong willingness to forgive. He believed that everyone deserves another chance. A good example of this is his teachings about turning the other cheek. Not only should you instantly forgive a man who strikes you on one cheek, but you should turn your other cheek to give him a chance to see his error and realize the need for him to reform. Jesus probably didn't mean it literally when he talked about gorging out your eyes and cutting off your hand. Most likely he was simply overstating to emphasize his point. But the mere fact that he could talk in a way, in this way, proved just how, just another example of just how strong his convictions were. We just can't seem to see the things as Jesus did. Of course, most most of us can feel compassion, and most of us have some willingness to forgive. But few, if any, have ever felt these emotions deeply as Jesus did, or had as strong a conviction as he did. That's the difference between him and us. Maybe, maybe that's why explaining why some of his teachings seem so radical to us. Jesus was just getting ready to die for our sin. And maybe this was just a joke to put us to thinking in the way that we should think about his teaching. Okay, let's leave the Sermon on the Mountain and listen to Jesus' other teachings that were hard to hear and understand. We must take the time to read all four Gospels yourself and pray for spiritual understanding because all that's said and done in them cannot be taught in this lesson. Let's go to the Gospel of St. John to a softer message. Although softer, but still hard to understand to the point that some of his followers turned back from following him. In John the sixth chapter, when Jesus fed the 5,000, it says, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shores of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountain and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw the great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered, It would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread to, for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, 
But how far would that go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is a prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus knew that they intended to come and make him a king by force. He withdrew again to a mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into the boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. But now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. They had rowed about three or four miles. They saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water. And they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were headed. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore lake realized that only one boat had left had been there, and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they heard had gone away alone. The same boat from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord gave him thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boat and went to Capernaum and searched for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works of God? Cry. Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. The people had been searching for him up to this point. They wanted to listen to him. They wanted to follow him. And this is where the teaching gets hard to accept again. Once again, the teaching seemed to get radical and hard to understand. Listen, in John 6, Jesus said to him, Verily I tell you, it is not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us this bread. 
began Jesus declaring, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gave me will come to me, and whosoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him that, who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. At this point, the people there began to grumble about about him because he said, I am the bread that comes down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I come down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourself, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned about him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Truly I say, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which everyone which anyone who may eat and not die. I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the people began to argue sharply among them. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh, the Son of Man, and drink the blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. My flesh is the real food, and my blood is the real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that comes down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whosoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of the disciples said, This is hard teaching. We can't accept it. Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh count for nothing. The word I have the words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, 
this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do, you do not want to leave him too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Now that you have heard some of his teachings, do you want to leave him too? Do you? The choice is up to you. I strongly encourage you to study on your own the Gospels. No one can make the choice for you to follow Jesus but you. So join me next week as we continue to walk with Jesus as he changed his strategy of teaching and and taught through parables. I would like to leave you with a blessing on your life tonight. May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord give you peace. Good night. Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.